Hi, we're Josh and Arielle Wamsley, owners of Green Valley Tree LLC, based in North Wyndham. We're proud to sponsor Connecticut East this week and to serve the communities of Wyndham and New London counties with our tree removal and plant health care services. Visit our website at greenvalleytreeworks.com for a full list of our services or give us a call on 860-234-4041. We look forward to hearing from you. Collaborating to help their local community. We talk to Reliance Health and Norwich Police on their success in helping those with substance use disorder in a unique collaboration between the two agencies. Plus, we take a look at other stories making the headlines from around the region. This is Connecticut East This Week. Hello, I'm Brian Scott-Smith. The war on drugs in the US has been a long-fought battle and one that many say has been lost, especially when it comes to opioid use disorder in our local communities. But thankfully, there are agencies and people who work in them who think differently. And here in eastern Connecticut, a unique collaboration between Norwich Police and the non-profit Reliance Health is having a positive impact with those who are struggling with substance use issues. I caught up with Autumn Bouchard and Deanna Delaney, two recovery coaches from Reliance Health, and with Officer Bob McKinney from Norwich Police to talk about their unique collaboration, how it began, and what impact it is having on the Norwich community. Autumn, I'm just going to turn to you first. Uh, Reliance Health, if people haven't heard of the organisation, just quickly explain to us what Reliance Health is and what it does. So Reliance Health is a non-profit mental health agency. We offer lots of services, outpatient, therapy, med management. We have case management. We also have a lot of residential, you know, just so many services. But the gist of it is mental health wellness and substance abuse uh, recovery coaching program, of course. And that's what we're going to be talking about. And and Deanna, you're going to give us a little bit more of an insight into this because I understand yourself and also Mike Doyle of Reliance Health instigated the Recovery Coach Program. Tell us more about it. Sure. Thanks so much for having us. So we're actually coming up on our two-year anniversary of doing the follow-ups and ride-alongs with the Norwich Police Department. I was I was looking back in my my messages and Officer Nick Rankin, who is or Sergeant Nick Rankin is the officer that started doing the follow-ups with me. And on January 31st of 2020, he actually sent me the message saying we got the okay from the chief to go go ahead with these ride-alongs. So, you know, for the last two years, we've been literally going door to door following up with individuals in the community of Norwich that have overdosed on a range of different drugs, but mainly we focus on the opiates due to the fentanyl pandemic. We go to their homes and we introduce ourselves. I let them know that I'm a recovery coach at Reliance Health. And me and Autumn all alternate at this point doing these follow-ups. So we'll go with Officer McKinney usually and just follow up with, with these individuals and, and introduce ourselves and let them know that, you know, as recovery coaches, we're individuals that are in recovery that have been through what they're going through. And, you know, we offer them assistance with getting into treatment if they'd like. We provide them with Narcan, which is extremely important. It's the medication that reverses an opiate overdose. And we also give them other items that that might help them be more safe uh, in using. And, and also it's filled with 
cards that have resources. One thing I just want to be absolutely clear about, and Diana, you can help me here, obviously being the expert, when you mentioned about Narcan, it is only able to reverse opioid-based drugs, correct? So if you're taking a non-opioid-based drug, this stuff is does not have an effect. This is for opioid-based drugs only, correct? Yeah, that's right. And that's that's information that we give out as well. It does, it will only reverse an opiate overdose, but it also will not harm harm the person if what they're suffering from is not an opiate overdose. So even if the overdose is just suspected, they are indeed having a heart attack in, and it's not an opiate overdose. If you give them the Narcan, it's not going to harm them in any way. So if it's even remotely suspected, then Narcan can be used. That's important information to know. Officer McKinney, thank you for joining us, obviously, from Norwich Police today. We know you're all incredibly busy, and I know Sergeant Rankin wanted to be with us, but um, of course, you're all, as I say, very busy individuals. Just tell us a little bit about, obviously, Norwich Police's involvement, because we're hearing more and more these days of our local police forces here in eastern Connecticut getting involved in various different ways, obviously, with the community and clearly with organisations like Reliance Health. So just give us a little bit bit of a of an idea of how this came about from your point of view well nick rankin apologize for not being able to get on but uh we're very thankful for you to have us on but he i was talking to him about it because he started it before i became a member of the community policing unit and himself and at the time officer o'reilly and discuss the ways that they were going to you know affect change in the community regarding the opiate overdoses and when they were on a community care team call is when they came in contact with Deanna and then they discussed it. Deanna was trying to reach out to someone that she wanted to, to try to help. And they were able to create that bond and that relationship. And they saw where it could head to help people. So that's where it all started. I became a member of the community policing unit probably about 14 months ago. And Sergeant Rankin asked me to kind of head the process. And what it entails is I was doing it weekly. I try to do it daily now, but I run our numbers in our system, when we go out to overdoses, they're coded in our system a certain way, and I can track any overdose that occurs. And then I have a group message with both Deanna and Autumn, and then I let them know, you know how many we've taken, whether they be non-fatal or fatal, to give an idea of what the numbers are like. And then obviously with the non-fatals, we create a list and we'll go out, Try to do, we try to do it once a week, and we go do the follow-ups with each non-fatal and try to attempt our best to, to make contact, whether we first go knock on their door. If we can't reach them, then I'll attempt a phone call. And it has been successful where if we don't reach them at their house, they usually will call back or at least reach out to Deanna or Autumn. But I can't stress it enough. The biggest impact, you know, we obviously we obviously get the information and we're able to distribute it, but Deanna and Autumn do a phenomenal job. And the, the biggest resource that they give isn't the Narcan, isn't the kits, it's their business card. Because I saw it firsthand, like the relationships that they build with these the victims of overdose go a long way and they've they've really helped and impacted a lot of people. So I'm so thankful for the relationship we have with them because they do a phenomenal job. I don't know if this is a question for you, Officer McKinney, or if it's something for Autumn or Deanna, or it could be for all of you. As Deanna was mentioning, this sort of program was created a while back, but sort of 2020, it sort of really started to, to get going as part of a collaboration, obviously at the point when COVID hit all of us. I mean, did you see an increase in, in opioid-related matters in and around the Norwich area? And has this had an impact? Absolutely. Overdoses have definitely gone up during the pandemic. There's that lack of in-person, you know, just it's so important, especially when someone's first getting clean, to have that 
uh, connection with other people, especially other addicts who have gone through similar things. You know, the isolation is really, really detrimental to a person's recovery. So we've given out so much Narcan. We've seen such an improvement in the saves, even though the overdoses have gone up during the pandemic. Deanna or Officer McKinney can add to that if they like to, but unfortunately, we've seen a pretty big raise in overdoses. Yeah, I would say Autumn definitely is right on about that. And one of the great things about the work that we've been able to do is we really didn't slow down. We continue to do the follow-ups, Norwich Police Department and our supervisor, Mike Doyle, who is amazing. And he started the recovery coach program at Reliance Health. You know, he encouraged us to, you know, just be safe and continue to go out there and and to meet with individuals because, you know, more than ever, people are during throughout the pandemic, people have been cut off from their support groups. A lot of 12-step programs stopped meeting or went virtual, which a lot of people didn't have access to. It was a very confusing time. So I think it was kind of more important than ever that we continue to go out there and meet with people and just you know, in a lot of, a lot of cases, we're the only, as recovery coaches, we're the only people that are, are physically face-to-face meeting with individuals um, about this whole thing. So it's been really very important. I want to put this to you, Deanna, as well. And, and I don't, um, and I'm not knocking the police at all because anything that they can do in collaboration with organizations like yourself is, of course, always welcome as part of helping the community. But how do people react when police and maybe yourself are part of this because people can you know be and and we'll just be honest about this people can sometimes be skeptical about the police absolutely and i'm glad that you asked that so um, another thing our supervisor mike doyle always says is that we're kind of building the airplane while we're flying it with this whole thing and you know we've we've learned a lot of lessons and even from the way that we approach somebody's home as as a uniformed police officer and a plain clothed individual like myself, you know, people are obviously the first Lara is nervous, um, especially when we knock on doors where it's parents or family members of somebody who's overdosed, they're afraid. So, you know, our approach is to knock on the door, immediately say that nobody's in trouble, everyone's safe, we're there, we're there to follow up and to offer support. It's, it's pretty important that we get out quickly that we're recovery coaches. And what that means is that we are somebody who is in recovery from from opiate addiction, that we too have used opiates and now we don't. And I think just getting that information out to the person who has survived the overdose is so important because it does, there's an instant connection. They, they instantly get, get out of their head that I'm some kind of, that I'm there to, to judge them or counsel them. It helps them see me as an equal right away, which I absolutely am. So, you know, the police thing, it's intimidating. The officers that we've gone with, Officer McKinney is amazing about, um, you know, being respectful and calm and, you know, all the officers are are there for the right reason and it's to help people and also to let people know about the Good Samaritan Law, which is, is a big part of what we do. And I'll just share about that really quick if I can. You know, seconds count when somebody overdoses and as somebody who's in recovery, I know that um, sometimes when someone overdoses, we, we waste some of those seconds trying to hide the evidence or flush the evidence. And we go out with the Norwich Police Department and these officers to let people know, please don't waste that those valuable seconds trying to hide things or flush things or, or move people or you're not going to get in any trouble if you call and alert us of an overdose. It's important that that the paramedics just get out there to save lives. And, um, you know, short of operating some kind of a drug factory, you are not going to be arrested for having drug paraphernalia there 
Um, we just want to we want to save lives. That's the most important thing. And, and getting that information out there. Absolutely. And Officer McKinney, from the police's perspective, I mean, it's a different kind of police work for not only you, but for your colleagues as well. Yeah. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. No one, even myself being a police officer, wants to see police walking up their, their driveway, they're coming up and knocking on their front door. Immediately, your hair stands up in the back of your neck wondering what's going on. You know, as an emergency, did someone call the police on me? You're like you, you can be perfect and have done nothing wrong. You're still wondering what's going on. So it's something that I learned very early on with our partnership is that first door I knocked on with them. I didn't really know how, how I was going to approach it, but it's keeping that calm, even tone and letting them know, like, here, we're, to, we're here to help you. And it's nice to have this partnership because a lot of times people look at police and think, Oh, they've done nothing wrong. Are they the police? They they think they don't they don't do anything wrong, and we just want to build relationships. We want people to understand that. Yeah, do we do we arrest people? Yeah, do we put bad guys away? Yeah, but we're here to help people too, and that's the main thing for us. And to have this partnership, you know, the first thing I say to people is I introduce myself, and I immediately introduce Deanna and Autumn, and explain that you know they're recovery coaches, and we're just here to try to to be the intermediary and, and get them the help that they need. And then they do most of the talking, but, you know, it, it, we want to build those relationships with people and let them know that we're here to help more than anything. Now, of course, recently, this collaboration was recognized by the Eastern Connecticut Chamber of Commerce. You were awarded a social service award. What did that mean to you? Because I know that neither yourself, Officer McKinney and the Norwich Police or obviously Reliance Health, it's not about going in and winning awards. But at the end of the day, it still must be meaningful. I just want to touch on that real quick and then I'll let Deanna and Autumn talk about it. So I didn't even know we were putting put in for this award. I didn't know this award even existed. And I went on one of the follow-ups with Deanna and I remember this vividly. Like we went up and talked to this lady who had recently overdosed, was driven to the hospital when she overdosed and we knocked on the door, you know, it seemed like she was trying to move out. She comes out kind of stunned, like didn't know what was going on. And when we, when Deanna started to explain like what she could do to help her and it continued to getting her back on food stamps and getting her housing and setting up just a meeting to try to help her, the lady broke down and it just stuck with me to see the tears, these real tears from this person that she was finally getting the help that she needed. You know, she had gone off the road, didn't know where to go, didn't know what to do. She didn't know where her life was going. And now she had someone that was there to help her. And that meant so much to me just to see that. And it validated why we do this. And you may not have that impact on every single person that we deal with, but the couple of people you do means a lot. And you may have saved someone's life or at least gotten them back on track to what they needed. And that's bigger than any award. Is the award nice? It validates it. Heck yeah. But to see that, that's why we do it. And Autumn and Deanna, I mean, your thoughts as well, like we said, we know that Reliance Health doesn't do it for the awards. It is part of your mission, your daily mission. But nevertheless, as Officer McKinney said, this validates the work that all of you are doing. When I got the email that we got the nomination, it was already a really, you know, just one of those really tough days at work. I had a, you know, a client who her brother had passed from an overdose. And it was just, I don't know, it it was a really humbling feeling. And then when I got the uh, email that we won, I was I was not expecting that at all. And so, you know, sitting there in that room full of people and I had my mother there and, you know, my boss and my coworker and, you know, Officer Rankin and McKinney, it was just really, really humbling. You know, it just 
it was that, okay, this is what I'm supposed to be doing and continuing to be doing kind of feeling. And I don't know, it just is unexplainable. But, you know, my brother passed a few years ago from a overdose. And I just know, you know what I mean? That if he would have been here, I would have been really proud. And in that kind of feeling, then nothing can top that, you know, because when you're in active addiction, you don't, you don't see that far ahead. You don't think those things are possible. So that was really special to me. I know it's probably really special to Deanna too. Just before we go to Deanna, I just want to pick up on something Autumn and Deanna mentioned this. You have lived experience, the term that is used in the industry. How important, and I know this is probably the, the, a bad way of putting it, but how important is that? I mean, what does that really mean to the people when you, know, when you are talking to them? Uh, for me personally, I think it it's everything. I just know, you know, when I was struggling, when I was in active addiction, if someone hadn't, you know, really experienced what I experienced, I didn't didn't take any. I mean, I didn't listen anyway. So why would I listen to someone who had no idea? That's how, you know, that was my frame of mind. But I think it makes all the difference in the world, personally. And Deanna, let me turn to you. Clearly, the work continues. I mean, sadly, it is something that wherever we are here in the state of Connecticut or, or around the, the US generally, I mean, opioid and substance use is, is continuing to impact our communities. How much of an impact do you feel that this has had? And where do you take it from here? I think that it has definitely begun to have an impact. I hope that going forward, um, the impact is greater. I think we've done a great job with kind of saturating the community with Narcan, uh, because obviously keeping people alive is our number one priority. But, you know, even, you know, the next step out from that as a recovery coach is really to help people put their lives back together. So after their life is saved, how do we get people back on the right track and help them feel like they have a life worth living and because they do, but how do you show somebody that, that doesn't, that doesn't know it or see it. So, you know, as recovery coaches, our job, just our job continues to be getting that Narcan out there, keeping people alive and, and not stopping there, but to continue kind of walking people through this, down this road of recovery, catching people while that, that window is open that window of opportunity and there's a sense of desperation where we can kind of swoop in and show people that they can rebuild their lives and be members of this beautiful world, this beautiful society. It is, it's hard to put into words. And just as, as somebody that's been there, it's, you know, and winning that award, what that did for me was just kind of show, show that what we're doing is uh, something that should be being done in all the communities, people with lived experience, recovery, coaching, peer support. It's, it's a piece of the puzzle and it's, it's necessary. And um, I hope moving forward, it becomes more talked about and it gets bigger and, and into other agencies. I hope that we can just continue this work moving forward. Indeed. And uh, if uh, for anybody out there listening who may be themselves possibly troubled with, uh, you know, substance use disorder, or if they know of a family member or friend, or what's the best way for them to contact uh, Reliance Health if they're in the Norwich area? So we have a couple of locations, the Recovery Coach Office and the Penobscot Place Program, which is our recovery day program. It's located at 2 Cliff Street in Norwich, which is right across from the library. Our main number is 860-887-6536. So you could call that number and um, ask for Autumn or Deanna or just the Recovery Coaching Program or don't ask for anybody. Just say you, you need help with uh, substance use and abuse and we'll come to you if that's easier. 
and also I believe you've got a website as well so they can also find out details uh, as well yes. I believe from reliancehealthinc.org is that correct that is correct well, Deanna Delaney, Autumn Bouchard from Reliance Health and Officer Bob McKinney from Norwich Police. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Congratulations again on the collaboration and the work that you continue to do and the lives that you have an impact on. And thanks for joining us on Connecticut East this week. Thanks Thank so much. You. Thank you. The American Red Cross blood supply is at historically low levels this winter and we're facing a dangerous situation across the country. Without the blood they need, hospitals may be forced to make tough decisions about patient care. Donors are needed now to ensure blood is available for everyone who needs it, when they need it. The good news is, you can help. Make an appointment to give now. Visit redcrossblood.org or call 1-800-RED-CROSS. Patients are counting on you. Got deer problems? Let us help. With Green Valley Tree LLC's Deer Preventive Spray, guaranteed to keep deer away from your precious plants, bushes, and trees for up to six months. With cold weather on its way, deer will be looking for sources of food. Don't let your front and backyards become their pantry. Call Green Valley Tree today at 860-234-4041 or visit us at greenvalleytreeworks.com. Time now for a look at some of the other stories making the headlines in the region recently. 2021 was the second worst year for traffic deaths in the state, with 326 recorded, according to the latest data from the Connecticut Transportation Safety Center. Dr. Eric Jackson is the director of the center and says one area of concern is the increase in pedestrian deaths on Connecticut's roads and the need to improve road infrastructure. With pedestrian lighting or lighting around intersections, that have a lot of pedestrians or non-motorists. Visibility is is key, not only for pedestrians to wear you know highly visible clothes, but for there to be lighting around the intersections so that cars can clearly see pedestrians or non-motorists. Jackson also said that when COVID-19 hit two years ago, roads became quieter in the state and people started to speed up and that COVID fatigue is still playing out on our roads today. A lot of people lost kind of the visual reference of cars beside them. So they started speeding and they've kind of continued that speeding pattern on even though traffic volumes have picked back up. Really, people need to, to watch their speed and to slow down. Another key thing is to try and stop the distractions that are in the car. Try and focus back on driving, try and keep your attention on the driving task at hand. The year 2000 is still the worst year on record with 341 traffic deaths statewide, which included drivers and passengers in cars, pedestrians, motorcyclists and bicyclists, and crashes at roadside work zones. The University of Connecticut was dealt a double blow recently when the current interim president and CEO of Yukon Health, Dr. Andrew Aguanobi, announced his plans to leave both organizations. Sandy Cloud Jr. is chairman of the Yukon Health Board of Directors and a Yukon trustee and said the announcement came as a surprise to everyone. It was a shock. But as he indicated to me and to Chairman Toscano, at the end of the day, as much as he loved being president of the university and engaging with faculty and students and the board and other stakeholders. He is at heart a healthcare person. Aguanobi will stay until February to allow for a transition of power for both the university and Yukon Health positions he holds. 
He was CEO of Yukon Health for over seven years and became interim president of the university in July of 2021. He leaves to take on a senior role with the healthcare company Humana. Eastern Connecticut business leaders and local legislators heard about the importance of diversity in leadership from a panel of speakers at a recent Chamber of Commerce business breakfast. One of the panelists was president of Eastern Connecticut State University, Dr. Elsa Nunez, who said from her years of experience as an educator, people's perceptions of others' race or ethnicity is often very wrong when they are presented with reality. So ultimately, if there's racist students on the student body who only heard that Hispanics never take a bath and that Hispanics, you know, don't work and that we're all lazy. You know, you grow up sometimes hearing these things in your family and all of a sudden before them at orientation is a Hispanic Puerto Rican president. Other panelists included Dr. Tracy Espy, president of Mitchell College, as well as William Tong, the attorney general, and Rodney Butler, chairman of the Mashantucket Pequot Tribal Nation and Foxwoods Resort and Casino. A coalition of doulas in Connecticut hopes to expand their participation in public policy discussions about the care they deliver with the support of a new grant. Emily Scott from the Connecticut News Service has more. The Connecticut Health Foundation is providing the Doulas for Connecticut Coalition with a $76,000 grant for state policy advocacy. Doulas support pregnant people throughout the birthing process. Certified interdisciplinary doula Cynthia Hayes says the grant will allow them to educate legislators on policies that ensure equitable access to doula care. We're looking to have reimbursement through insurance companies and especially through Medicaid because often those families that are receiving Medicaid are among our vulnerable citizens and they need the support and they need the help. Hayes said they're also interested in supporting legislation that would ensure doulas are compensated fairly as salaries vary from state to state. I'm Emily Scott. In the Connecticut Examiner this week, as batteries large enough to temporarily power homes and businesses have become more widespread in the United States, Connecticut is launching a program to heavily subsidize them, aiming to take a significant step towards reaching storage goals that state lawmakers set last year. The Energy Storage Solutions Program, approved by the Public Utilities Regulatory Authority in December and accepting applications this month, comes with promises to provide a reliable source of backup power to homes and a way to curb high energy bills for industry, providing large subsidies to help cover some of the costs of installing battery storage systems designed to power homes and businesses. In the day this week in Stonington, if the Planning and Zoning Commission receives an application by someone to open a marijuana shop in town before a six-month moratorium on applications can be enacted, the Commission will treat the plan like a proposed liquor store. That means the cannabis shop will be allowed in the town's commercial zones by special permit, which would require a public hearing and gives the Commission discretion over various aspects of the plan. The Commission adopted the temporary policy to address any applications by cannabis retailers and producers or manufacturers at a recent meeting. The Commission expects to hold a public hearing on the moratorium on March 1st and then enact it. The temporary policy would apply to applications until then. In the Norwich Bulletin this week, with many non-profit agencies in Connecticut struggling to both attract and retain workers, the top Senate Democrat on the General Assembly's Budget Writing Committee said she plans to pursue legislation this session that would mandate regular increases in state funding so the entities can pay higher salaries. 
State Senator Kathy Austin is co-chair of the Appropriations Committee and said she supports having 4 to 6% annual increases in funding over the next five years codified in the state budget. While she acknowledged future legislators cannot be forced to provide regular funding increases, Austin said lawmakers this year can certainly put it in statute to make it clear a larger and financial commitment is needed. And in the Chronicle this week, as part of the town's ongoing efforts to go green, Wyndham plans to install solar panels at the former town landfill and the new intermodal transportation centre. And when complete, solar energy will power multiple town facilities, including the public safety complex, Wyndham Town Hall and up to four other municipal buildings. The town council awarded a power purchase agreement to CTEC Solar to install the systems by a vote of 8-0 to zero last month. The agreement was recommended by the Wyndham Energy Commission. CTEC Solar is a solar company based in Bloomfield, recommended by Titan Energy, the consultant on the project. Through the agreement, CTEC Solar will secure funds for the project and the town does not have to pay anything for construction costs. Under the power purchase agreement, CTEC will install, own and operate the systems and the town will purchase the energy generated by the solar panel systems. That's all from us for this edition. Do send us your questions and story ideas to the show via our website at Connecticut-East.com or Facebook or Twitter at Connecticut East and on Instagram at Connecticut East This Week. And you can listen to the show again on our social platforms on demand. And please like, follow and share on your social media too. I'm Brian Scott-Smith. Thank you for listening.